Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Our next guest is a former University of Oregon football player, played offensive line, Chip Kelly, Mark Helfrich era offensive lineman, uh, was uh, a uh, frequent uh, contributor to this show over the years, and is now has now launched a comedy career. Now, I have a lot of respect for people who get up on stage by themselves under the light with the task of trying to make other people laugh. Nick Cody, former Oregon Duck offensive lineman, has launched a career in comedy. He is part of a comedy show that is taking place tomorrow night, 8 p.m., at the Vessel Tap House in Linwood, Washington. Tapped Out Comedy, at Tapped Out Comedy on social media. Headliners tomorrow night will be Courtney Bird and Michael Aguilera. Also, uh, Megan KD will be there, and Nick Cody will be hosting the event along with Rob Conroy. And Nick Cody joining us now from the great state of Washington. Man, you are on your way. Hey, thank you very much for having me on, John. And it's kind of you for saying that, but, uh, you know, this is something I was able to just luckily put together with the venue and grab some comics that I've seen recently and worked with and uh, just put it together within the last month. So, we're hoping it's good enough to uh, to get some tickets sold and get people out there so we can do it again sometime soon. Yeah, and look, I, and I'm all about live performance, and I respect that, and I encourage people if you want to get tickets to this. I literally just Googled Tapped Out Comedy Show, and Nick Cody, uh, you popped up. And so for people who want to get tickets, general admission's 10 bucks. Uh, you can go to the Vessel Tap House as well tomorrow night, 8 o'clock in Linwood, Washington. But give us an idea. Like, we have, we've kind of had you on a few times over the years, and I can remember, like, you know, this, this dream kind of started with you saying you wanted to take, like, a improv class and a comedy class. And, you know, take us through the progression of that, you know, because you go from football player to comedian now, and now you're part of a big event. Well, I think, you know, a lot of people that have an interest in stand-up like me spend a lot of time thinking about doing it, but just never quite committing to it. So the gateway for me was taking a stand-up comedy course and just getting stage time and getting feedback from people that I respected in the comedy community. And then uh, started doing open mics last July, and uh, ever since then, I'm uh, getting close towards uh, doing 100 different individual sets. I've recorded uh, about 72 of those, and uh, it's just it's been a great process. It's... Uh, it's fun, but, you know, those, those times you bomb aren't as bad as giving up a sack or a holding call in the Rose Bowl. So uh, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, give us an idea. Okay, so, you know, when you first start out, you go to this comedy course, and you have other people like yourself who maybe have dabbled in it or not done it. You know, it's not like Chris Rock is going to be part of the audience. So it's a safe place to fail, right? And, but then you start doing open mic, you know, showing up you know, getting on a list, trying to do comedy in front of people. What, you know, at what point, like, that first time you went out there, your knee's knocking a little bit? You're a little bit nervous? 
No, I think that's the one thing, like the advantage I've been able to take from my football career and just compartmentalize. Uh, you know, the one thing is I'm so used to tuning the audience out in football that it's, it's been hard for me to actually adapt to, like, when you need to listen, when you need to be patient, when you can't just force things. So for me, the, the nervousness thing isn't, isn't really a problem, but uh, I don't even think you necessarily need a comedy course. I just think that was a place that I felt I could, you know, just test the waters. And then if you go out and just watch some open mic comedy, you will start thinking you yourself can definitely get up there and do better than some people that go to open mics. So you just go and you see and people try and try new stuff. And sometimes it doesn't work. And uh, once you just commit to doing it, it's a process from there. And uh, there's a bunch of different ways. People learn different ways. But uh, trial and error is always the, uh, the biggest one. Give me an idea, Nick Cody, uh, your set as you get up there, because you're kind of the host of the event, and there's some other headliners, but you're going to be doing some some bits in between all of the comics, I'm assuming. So when you uh, when you are up there, are you talking about football, or, or what, what? what is your subject matter? So, uh, you know, it depends on the gig. If I'm hosting an open mic, we'll kind of do a little bit of chatter after, just something to keep the crowd going. With something like this format, it's going to be more about the comics and showcasing them. Uh, give them some walk-up music and say their name real nice and try and not mess it up. Uh, but, you know, when I'm up on stage, I do have – I pick certain nights where I'm like, okay, we'll use some of the football stuff. But that's like a crutch for me almost because that's the stuff I've written over, you know, years of life experience and things that have happened. So, uh, you know, for example, I used to be an offensive lineman, and now my lines are just getting more offensive. So sometimes I'll throw that bit out there into material I've already pre-written, but – some nights I'm just like, you know, I, I want to focus on current events, uh, former jobs I've had, things that are interesting and relevant to me. And then uh, I, like to, I like to talk to the audience a little bit, get some crowd work in. It, it's going to be a mix of things uh, with hosting tomorrow night. But my set itself, uh, no, uh, this one is not going to have any football in it. Let me ask you because, you know, I love good comedians. And a guy that I'm into, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, is kind of blown up, right? Like. Mm -hmm. He has uh, become kind of a big deal, and uh, I, there's just something about his routine. Part of it is that, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, his Italian heritage. Here, I'm going to play a clip here so people know what I'm talking about. Here's Sebastian Maniscalco talking about Italians playing basketball. Italians, we don't play basketball. When's the last time you put an NBA game on and said, take a shot, Nunzio? It doesn't happen. <laughs> Put in Carmine for the three. No. Times, what do we do? Cement. Nice cement driveway. Meatball sandwich. Give us a church. We'll paint the whole ceiling. I mean. There, well, there's self-deprecation that seems to work in comedy. Why is, why is that? Well, number one, it's going it's to depend on your audience. Some places you go, it's going to be a lot easier to be self-deprecating than uh, possibly insult maybe their region or something that affects them. If you're able to start with yourself and work outwards, that's always relatable to people. So, you know, always commenting on, on my obvious size and just being a lot bigger than other comics, that'll always come up. Um, jokes about that. Uh, it, but honestly... It's, it's knowing your audience and, uh, and being honest to yourself. Once you can actually be able to be yourself on stage, that's kind of the huge breakthrough for a lot of people at first because sometimes you go up there and you're just reading things you've, you've written down before. But once you can actually just go up there and be your own personality, whether that reflects on your heritage or your life experience or, or whatever you're just thinking about that day, when you can just go up there and be honest and have a couple punchlines at the end, man, 
the audience will get behind you almost every time. Jim Gaffigan uh, is a guy I like to watch as well. I'm going to play a clip from him, and i got a question for you, Nick Cody. Here's Gaffigan talking about horse racing. We are a country that loves to bet on horses. Every spring we track the three races of the Triple Crown, and every spring I always have the same thought. We're still doing this? Is Woodrow Wilson president? But people love the Triple Crown, the Kentucky Derby, where people bet on horses while they're dressed like characters from Gone with the Wind. It's like prom for gamblers. Do you like my hat? I'm living in my sister's garage. Because I have a debilitating gambling addiction. Shall we have another mint julep? There, there's observational humor there. Do you take notes when you see something and you go, oh, uh, that would be funny? Absolutely. I do it especially now because being a journalism major, like I've always just had a habit of following the news, different news outlets. So now especially it interprets the way I go through and I read stories and what catches my eye. And when I spend a little bit more time thinking about, like, uh, it's been pretty easy recently with, you know, Chinese surveillance balloons and chat GPT wanting to be alive. Like, all these things make it very, very easy because the material writes itself right now. <laughs> what do you think, you know, it, it, what do you think that if you had the Chinese balloon, is there like a spring practice you'd like to observe in football? Or, like, how would Chip Kelly use that balloon? Always uh, is something I thought about. Oh, like, man. That, that, back in the day, we were always worried about Arizona State stealing our signals. So I think it would be more like a counter-activity uh, balloon. That balloon would be shooting other balloons out of the sky if it were Chip Kelly's balloon. So uh, I, I don't think he would be looking too much to see other people's practice reports so much, but using it more to keep uh, the airfield over uh, right there, Pape Field and stuff, uh, closed off to uh, the public. Is, was there a reason why – was Arizona State stealing signs, or what were they doing? Oh, man, they always just had that reputation, but especially when Chip first took over, uh, you know, when uh, Aaron Flugrad actually transferred over there, wide receiver, and his dad was a former wide receivers coach when I was getting recruited in my freshman year. And, uh, yeah, when he transferred, uh, we had pretty much understood that we'd get at, like, have to change all our offensive calls because uh, numerically he was going to give those up. So we, we basically changed how the play calls were called in and, and the numbers associated with those. Had to change up everything, and then – when I was more towards a senior, uh, and they had a different staff there, uh, we noticed on film some things where they were, you know, looked like they were trying to watch signals. So that's why you had those different bells and whistles on the side, like the signs they hold up that really didn't mean anything. But, hey, if you got the other team to spend some time trying to figure that out, hey, less time to practice our offense. Nick Cody is our guest. Uh, he's got a comedy show going on tomorrow night. It is called the Tapped Out Comedy Show. It's at the Vessel Tap House in Linwood, Washington. Uh, you can get tickets online. Nick, is there somewhere easy to go, or should they, should they just search for it or show up and get tickets at the door? Yeah, if you show up and get tickets at the door, it's only going to be about 250 more once you add on the fees. But if you go to Eventbrite, uh, a, there's a link available on uh, on social media at Tapped Out Comedy, wherever you find it. That's going to be your best place to get it early tonight. But if you, if you wait till tomorrow at the door, uh, I think we'll, we'll hopefully have some seats. If not, the venue has the ability to bump us to a bigger room. So, hey, if we can sell it out, let's sell it out. I've got some friends coming up for Emerald City Comic Con, so I'm hoping we can fill the room at least. Hey, look, uh, I really am proud of you. I think it's been great to watch you kind of attack this, and I won't be surprised when you have big-time success. So 
any of our listeners, if you happen to be up in Linwood tomorrow night or you want something fun to do tomorrow night, uh, go see Nick Cody. Go see the Tapped Out Comedy Show. 8 o'clock, doors open, Vessel Tap House in Linwood, Washington. Nick Cody, I appreciate you, man. Uh, keep up the fight. Good work. Thank you, John. I've got, like any good comedian, I've got a closing line for you. I'm ready. I was listening last hour, and i got to tell you, I always knew Anna sounded like a keeper, but I always assumed it was at least a thing she owned. <laughs> Have a good one, John. <laughs> there you go, Nick Cody, sending us off. I think it's one of the hardest things to do, to try to be, like, I think, it, I know it's one of the hardest things to do with writing. Like, I had a great writing coach uh, years and years ago when I was at the Fresno Bee, Charlie Waters, who was the former L.A. Magazine editor was a fantastic writing coach. And he was the executive editor of the Fresno Bee. And it's no surprise that the Fresno Bee turned out writers like John Branch, who went on to win a Pulitzer, Jeff Passan, who you see on ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski, who you see on ESPN, Andy Katz, who was on ESPN, Eric Prisbell went to the Washington Post. Uh, I went through there. You know, I like, look, it was, it was like murderer's row. And Charlie made everybody better. And, you know, Charlie taught me how to throw more than one pitch. You got to be, sometimes you got to be, uh, you know, you know, bang your shoe on the table. Sometimes you uh, have to throw a changeup. Sometimes you have to throw a curveball. Uh, you have to be a starting pitcher when you are writing sports columns or you're a writer in general. But I, I really do think the most difficult thing to do, it's very hard to get the timing and to get humor right. And uh, for comedians who stand up there and do that on a daily basis and guys like Jerry Seinfeld who have mastered it, I think it's incredibly inspiring, and good on Nick Cody for, for taking a stab at it after a college football career. I'll leave you with a little Jerry Seinfeld as we go to commercial break. What's annoying now, besides everything, here's what's annoying me. People telling me to hydrate. I don't want to hear about hydrating. You need to hydrate, Jerry. You better hydrate. You're on the plane. You're in the gym. you got to be hydrating. Make sure you're hydrating. Are you hydrating? Do you know what could happen to you if you don't hydrate? You could get dehydrated. Wouldn't I get thirsty first? No! <laughs> According to the fitness people on TV, if you feel thirsty, you're too late! <laughs> what do you mean, I'm too late? What do I do? There it is, Jerry Seinfeld. Leave it here. John Canzano here. So you do your research. You know exactly what you want, the options, the color. You got it all dialed and you're ready to buy. But when you check out, you see the prices jacked up. You feel like someone's trying to cheat you, right? You know what I mean if you've been to most car dealers. Right there in the window, they have the manufacturer's retail price, the exact price that you saw on the manufacturer's website, but next to it is the evil market adjustment sticker, adding $3,000 or $5,000 or even $12,000 to the price. That seems a little underhanded if you ask me. That's why the only place that you need to go is to go see Bess and Preston and the team at Gresham Ford. They're the nicest people you're ever going to meet, plus they don't play any of those evil pricing games. Good people with good prices. And Gresham Ford has the best inventory that they've had in a long time. So go see Gresham Ford. Find them on Powell, just two blocks east of 242nd, and online at GreshamFord.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. 
So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You used to associate crickets with silence. But since you bought a house in the suburbs, you know crickets hate silence. If any other creature realized rubbing its legs together made a piercing high-pitched noise, they might think, maybe I won't do that. Constantly. All night long. Luckily, you can save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. Now that's something to make noise about. Just not constantly. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. If you or someone you believe in is arrested for a DUI, finding the right law firm is critical. And you don't want someone who's just phoning it in. You want someone you could put your faith and your trust in. You want the Reynolds Defense Firm on your side. The Reynolds Defense Firm. We're solid, we're here if you need us, and we are very good at what we do. Dazzling decal on Daisy's Donuts window. Bold banner at Barry's Barbershop. Prominent poster at Penny's on Park Place. This is your sign. Well, signs. To try Staples and see the difference. Get $15 off signs, banners, and posters when you spend 75 or more. From Staples. And I couldn't miss it. Ends 415. Visit staplesconnect.com slash printgig for details. I had a nighttime routine for my frequent heartburn. I would drink milk. I would sleep upright with more pillows. But that painful burning stayed. So I made Prilosec OTC part of my morning routine. With just one pill each morning, Prilosec OTC prevents excess acid production, blocking heartburn day and night. Now I have a new nighttime routine. I call it sleeping. One pill a day, 24 hours, zero heartburn with Prilosec OTC. It's possible while taking Prilosec OTC. Use as directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. Millions protect their homes from power outages with Generac Home Standby Generators. Would you like to be part of this lucrative industry? Generator Supercenter, the nation's number one Generac generator dealer, has limited franchise opportunities in your area. Learn more at generatorfranchise.com. Guys, struggling with erectile dysfunction and sick of the pills? Our technology is clinically proven to open and regrow blood vessels. Today only at Lux Wave Men's Clinic, you qualify for a free assessment, exam, ultrasound, and three follow-up treatments. A $750 value at no cost to you. Get back on track and get rid of those pills. Put a stop to your ED. Call Lux Wave Men's Clinic now at 971-777-0437. 971-777-0437. Or online at luxwavemensclinic.com. Special Olympics Oregon is excited for the Polar Plunge season to kick off this winter at a location near you. Join today at PlungeOregon.org and make your impact on the lives of over 5,000 Special Olympics Oregon athletes. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Top Timbers coming up right here on 750 The Game, top of the hour. Timber season uh, underway. A lot of uh, activity around the Timbers, a lot of Timbers fans out there. Uh, Oregon has advanced in the Women's Pac-12 tournament with a come-from-behind win over Washington. The Ducks will play Stanford tomorrow in Las Vegas. 2.30 tip in Vegas from, uh, from the uh, arena there and. Kelly Graves and the Ducks still alive, still playing. Uh, we'll keep an eye on them. Uh, Oregon State is playing tonight. Scott Ruick and the Beavers. 8.30 tip-off tonight. 
against USC, trying to advance to uh, tomorrow as well. So uh, keep an eye on that. If they do beat USC, Oregon State would get Colorado tomorrow night in Vegas at 8.30. Um, I do not see the Ducks and the Beavers playing. They would only be able to play if they played in the championship game, which is uh, coming up on Sunday at 2 o'clock. So no game Saturday in the women's tournament. Only uh, today is the opening round uh, with uh, uh, eight teams in action. Uh, tomorrow's games, the quarterfinals, the semifinals are Friday, and the finals are on Sunday uh, for the Pac-12 tournament championship. It looks like, it, you know, it feels like it's going to be Utah against Stanford. Those are the two best teams. But um, keep an eye. We'll see what happens uh, as uh, as uh, this tournament unfolds. Next week, we have the men's tournament. Uh, that one should be a little more wide open. On the women's side of the of the uh, tournament, there were some obvious, two obvious teams uh, that seemed to be better than everybody else. On the men's side, it's UCLA. And by the way, can we give Dan Guerrero, the old AD at UCLA that Bruins fans just gave the hardest time to, ran him out. Dan Guerrero hired Mick Cronin. It's one of his last acts as athletic director at UCLA. That appears to have worked out. Like, you know, and I think a lot of UCLA fans conveniently forget that as they're criticizing Dan Guerrero. Like, the guy did a good job of finding a basketball coach and leaving that program in good hands. Yes, he also hired Steve Alford. But, uh, you know, as if we're counting wins and losses, you got to put Mick Cronin and what UCLA basketball has done, got to put that in the win column for UCLA. Number four team in the country, 16-2 and two in conference play. Look like the most reliable, trustworthy team that you can see in the bracket. Um, you know that's going to be interesting. Arizona, um, Arizona is a little different. They they appear to be vulnerable at times. They have five losses in conference play, and I've not seen an Arizona team. Even though I think Tommy Lloyd's a really good coach, I've not seen an Arizona team look that vulnerable. That that I that a lot of people have penciled in to be like a Sweet 16 or an Elite Eight team. I don't think so in Arizona. They they just have some uncharacteristic losses. But uh, the Ducks will be in action uh, tomorrow night against Cal, the men. They need that win and, uh, you know, should be able to count on that win as they're chasing Arizona State for the four seed. And we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.